Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church Karim Downs. We'll be preaching today on the second part of our series uh, around prayer and worship. And really what we're sensing in the spirit and, and what the Lord has imprinted on our hearts to go for is revival. Is to bring back a great move of God. Uh, perhaps that we've never seen before, actually, on, 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 uh, on that note. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that the, on the turn of the 20th century into the 21st century, that Australia shall experience a great move of the Holy Spirit in the great south land of the Holy Ghost, that it will be so powerful that it will usher in the second coming of Christ. And if you know your scripture... What that basically means is there's also going to be a great end times harvest, Revelations 14, 15, that the sickle will be swiped and the great harvest will come in. And the Bible says in Matthew 24, until this gospel is preached to all nations and then the end will come. So we, we have a, a great opportunity, uh, a great honour to really partner with the Word of God, with prophetic words and, and see the short life that we get, get to live for Him, all for His glory. And so recipes for revival is around the topic of prayer and worship. I'll be covering off part two today, part two tonight as well, but in a slightly different slant. So come tonight to our revival. Fire night meetings, they are full of fire. We had a fire tunnel for the first time in a long time this uh, past Sunday night. And first time visitors that came through just felt literal heat and fire on their ears. And it was just um, just glorious, beautiful, people falling over under the Spirit, unceremoniously dragged out of the way as we do. And it's just full of power and glory. So we, we are inviting you to come experience what God wants to do on these revival fire nights. We, we kind of just throw away the clock in meetings like that and, and just be open to what God wants to do. Amen. But the t- today's topic is on asking Seeking, knocking. And let's turn to Scripture, Luke 11. And it says this from verse 1. This is just starting off with a baseline prayer. How do do we as people of God actually pray to Him? Here's the, the model prayer. And it says this. Now it came to pass as He was praying in a certain place when He, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, it's not if you pray, but when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Some people, when they kind of misread this, they thought it's Howard be your name. It's not Howard, it's hallowed be your name or glory to your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's important. It's not our will be done, but His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Other parts of Scripture says, forgive for the Lord has forgiven you. And if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, the Lord cannot forgive you. Like, wow, ouchies. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's continue on. Verse 5. This is different levels of prayer. That's the base level. Verse 5, it says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, 
For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you, uh, give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give, it, give to him because he, it, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, it's not a given, friends. It's not just because you're friends, you're uh, with God, you're friends with God, you're a son and daughter of God. It's not always a given. But because of his persistence, everyone say persistence. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now verse 9. So I say to you, ask. Everyone say ask. And it will be given to you. Seek. Everyone say seek. Seek and you will find. Knock. Everyone say knock. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your own children. How much more will your Father, Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Ask and it will be open, given to you. Seek and you shall find it. Knock and the door will be open to you. Isn't God clever? He uses words, acronyms to really put together a simple picture of what it's like to pray. So we have at the beginning of Luke, the disciples ask you, how do we pray? Simply put, our Father who art in heaven, not how would be your name, but hallowed be your name, glory to your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, um, in Scriptures, it's modelled when we pray, it's, it's once a week. No, 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 no. It doesn't say that, actually. It's daily it's daily. In fact, if you look out to it, into the, the patterns of Jesus, he would break away from the crowds and pray all night. In, in scriptures, like in Psalms 5.3, it says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Psalm 90 verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And then Mark 1.35 and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there Jesus prayed. There's this pattern, this suggestion in scriptures when we ought to pray. The Bible actually says in the New Testament, pray without ceasing. So there's different types of prayers. There's your kind of like your ongoing silent meditation on, unto God. Uh, God said to Joshua, do not let these words depart from your lips. Meditate on it day and night. But then there's the more intimate times of connecting and, and praying to God and, and hearing His voice. I, um, I, I'm, I'm a morning person, but I'm also a night person. I like to get up early and stay up late. It's probably a bad combination. But... I've, I've come across recently, sorry, it's getting a bit warm here. Um, who, who's heard of John and Carol Arnott? The Toronto Revivalists, Toronto Blessing People. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
um, you know, I had the privilege and honor of receiving prayer from them recently. Uh, and, and as soon as they, they prayed for me, I fell on my knees and, and fired just this, this intense amount of heat just came over me. I wasn't expecting that. I, I don't like to give courtesy falls. Sometimes I do if the preacher's really uh, going for it. I go, oh, fine, I'll go down for you. But this moment was actually genuine. I went on my knees and then I was flat on the floor. All in all, probably about three hours in, in a particular meeting. Got up prematurely at one point and then Mama Carol comes up on the platform and she goes, you know, when, when we pray for people in the Toronto Blessing, it was this great man of God that they walked out of there. But three hours, I was just prodding him. More, Lord, more. Fire, fire. And she was doing that for me. What an honor. But I got up embarrassed because the, the thing was moving on. There was a transitioning out of worship. And I thought, oh, that's a public rebuke from Mama Carol right there. So when she came back to her chair and John continued preaching, said, Mama, I, I got up too early. Can you hit me again? I, so she hits me again. I'm down on the ground. Three hours in total. And then I just studied their life a little bit. You see, my favourite subject in Bible college was Pentecostal history. That was the late uh, 2000s, 2006, 2010. And they taught us, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Coleman, Amy Simple McPherson. But I think it was probably too soon for the Toronto outpouring. It wasn't history yet, although it was quite significant. It is marked in history now, obviously. And I looked at the life of John and Carol, just, just very briefly. These were two regular business people that found themselves in Indonesia on a mission strip crusade. Just business people. And when they got there, the, the church that they worked with thought they were these great apostles and evangelists. And they got them preaching for four days straight, morning and night, meeting after meeting, with street food and, as you said, diarrhea and all and the glory of God but pressing in and getting a taste of what God can do and the power of God in a, in a meeting. And they said, we want more of this, Lord. And the Lord said, if you're serious, if you're serious, then I want your mornings and I want you to hang around anointed people. The Lord said to Carol, I want you to give me something very costly. Something very costly. And she goes, well, I might have to ask John. He owns half the house. And he goes, it's not that. I've got a horse at best. He says, it's not that. It's, it's your time. Something very costly. We all have needs to be picked up every single day. We can't live on yesterday's diet, yesterday's things, yesterday's touch. We need a fresh touch from God every day. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And my words abide in you. Daily reading of Scriptures to know Him, to know His character, I love this analogy. Some of you may have heard it. That God created fish and He created trees and He created man. When God created the fish, He spoke to the sea. When God created trees, He spoke to the earth. But when He wanted to create man, He turned to Himself. That's when God said, let us make man in our image. Here's the interesting part. If you and I take a fish out of water, it will die. If you dip it in batter and deep fry in oil, it's your fish and chips. If you and I take a tree away from the soil, the soil, it too will die. In a similar way, you and I must choose to connect with God or we will die and be separated from God. Being in fellowship with God is our necessary environment. We were created to live in His presence. 
We have to be connected to Him because only in this relationship do, you, do we really exist. Our spirit was meant to be one with His. You know, simple friends, I, 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 I go through my days where I'm feeling sometimes a little bit dry. Then I realise, ah, yeah, no wonder. I haven't really picked this up enough yet. And then, then you have your days where you're just on fire for God and you look back, how, how has that day actually started? Yeah, I was praying, I was worshipping, I was reading, I had this in my ear, the audio Bible, and it's just out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, it's a natural flow then to be conscious of, of the, the voice of God. If He asks you to pray for someone, speak to someone about who He is, it's just Natural. It's not striving. It's not, oh, do I, don't I? So even if there is a little bit of that, but you just can't help being in the natural flow with God. What does he say in John 15? Abide in me and my words, and you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. Ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. God gets the glory when you're fruitful. God gets the glory when you live for Him and display and demonstrate a fruitful life. I love how there's business people in the room that are just so fruitful, so um, just, just great with their families, their business, and, and, and you talk to them. It doesn't take long to understand. They actually have a very strong and close relationship with God. And we're, we're just off the cuff. We're, we're thinking about doing a, a monthly business breakfast gathering to really encourage uh, people in that community, in your careers, in your workplaces, in, in your business startups and all that kind of stuff to really bring it back to the simplicity of Jesus and Him alone and then everything else flows from there. Because sometimes we can get so caught up. I'm not just talking about business people now. But in life, in, in all that we do, and the stresses of it and the priorities of things takes over God in our thoughts, in, in our time, that we, we just focus on the issues and the problems and we forget God is there the whole time to walk us through these issues, but then more than that, to be an overcomer. Amen. James 4.3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you have on sinful pleasures. So you can ask whatever you want, but not everything will be given to you, as James 3 says, because we ask with the wrong motives that we spend what we get on sinful pleasures. In other parts of Scriptures, Jesus said, ask anything according to my will and it will be done for you. Ask anything according to whose will? His will. And it will be done for you. Believe when you ask and you shall receive it, Jesus also says. This idea of asking God for things is actually His idea. He wants you to ask. He wants you to persist in prayer. He wants you to partner up with His will. How do you get to know the will of God? The Bible says in Romans 12:1, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. He is a holy God. He is a Holy Spirit. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, doing away with our sinful nature, doing away with our sinful lives, holy and pleasing to God. 
This is a reasonable act of service. And then verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It kind of looks like I'm doing a crazy sign. No, no, I'm just renewing the mind. We're renewing the mind. How do we renew our mind? Through the Word of God. By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve God's perfect and pleasing will for your lives. In my almost 20 years of walking with the Lord, I've never met a single Christian that is walking in the fullness of God, in the calling of God, whether it's ministry, whether it's in their careers, their businesses, their family life. Um, in, in whatever thing that God has them to do. I've never met anyone walking in, in the fullness of God who, who, who doesn't have a daily habit and practice of, of praying and seeking the Lord. In fact, Acts 17, let's go there, 27 to 28. Just to put a bit of scriptures onto that analogy I put on from the Bible, also from the internet rather, Acts 17 verse 27, so that they should seek, who's they? It's us. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him, everyone say in Him, let's say this together, we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live, we move and have our being. I, I, I look at John and Carol Arnott. I look at Tim Hall, uh, the beloved Tim Hall, who is, uh, has spoken for our church for many times. We're going to partner with him in a great revival meeting in January in Gippsland area. More details to come. But these are just regular people. You, t- you take John and Carol, just two regular business people with the call of God, and they thought, you know, Randy Clark's moved on, now what? Who's going to pick up the mantle? And the Lord says, why not you? Why not you, friends? Why not you? It's simple, isn't it? All he needs is our heart's devotion to give him our most costly thing, our time, and then on top of that, our obedience. Amen. Tim Hall, um, I've got... To know him as a good friend of the last couple of years, he would spend hours in, in Mount Macedon in the, the, those pine tree forest areas where he'd just be praying to the Lord, just hours upon hours, just seeking the Lord, worshipping Him, reading scriptures. Is it any surprise then he moves in the power of God in the way that he does? That he's seen face to face and not just through online and, and I have no problems with online, but face-to-face, over two million souls saved. It's not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. And we, we get in tune with His Spirit, with His heart, and we get clothed with power from on high when we take it by faith. When we take what by faith? The Word of God. The Bible says, says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So my soap, that was beautiful. Who, who, who's, who used to do soap? 
It's been years. Who's, who's still doing soap? Oh, good on ya. We had kids' church last week, Israel. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving soap again. I, I forgot the, the power behind the simple principles of just writing down scripture, mulling over it, reading it over and over again, observing it, how to apply it in my current life, and asking God, help me apply this word, bury it deep in my heart. There's a seeking. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to come towards, um, towards the final part of my message around knocking. Why does God require us to knock on the door and persist and persist and persist? Why couldn't he just give it to you on, upon first request? Well, it shows, that God, shows God that we are hungry and serious about what we're praying for. It shows God that we, we are serious about this, that we're not going to quickly, as quickly as you receive, you'll quickly just let go of it. We want to show God that we're hungry and we're in this for the long run. He wants to entrust the things of the kingdom to those who are faithful and won't squander the great pearls to swine. He wants to work with shepherds who are willing to lay down their lives over hirelings. He wants to work with you. He wants to see, is there a hunger? Is there a burning desire in what you're really asking for? And do we really know what we're asking for? Do we know the cost? Have we counted the cost in what we're asking for? Sometimes I think as we pray, as we persist, as we seek, seek the Lord's face, as we pray and fast, during those times, God actually changes us. God waits for us. God, God longs for us to wait on Him, to renew our strength like the eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint, like it says in the Word. He's waiting for us to wait on Him. I love um, a great man of God said recently, you can either work in your own strength and I'll stay still, or you be still in me and I'll do the work for you. Isn't it powerful? Be still and know that I am the Lord. The things that are worth persisting, knocking on the, the door for are usually big things, right? World-changing things. And God is just wanting to see how much of it do you really want? How much of it are you willing to lay down? And it's not just a token prayer. Let me give you an example. 1 Kings 18, 43 to 44. We have that on the screen. First Kings 18, 43 to 44. At this point, Elijah the prophet had uh, called upon a drought for three and a half years. And, uh, you know, heading into the Mansfield area for that wedding, we were just praying all week. In fact, Jess, during the women's um, ministry night here on Tuesday with Aaron, they were praying for great weather. Thursday was looking quite uh, hopeless we were setting up the, the wedding area, doing the rehearsal. It was just bucketing down, bucketing down, bucketing down. And then Friday, still raining, hadn't stopped all night. And we're just praying, 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 praying. The Bible says in James that Elijah was just a regular man and he prayed that the rain would cease. So we applied this faith. And guess what? When the uh, time of the wedding came in the afternoon, a 2.45 p.m. start, 
Although, you know, weddings never really start on time. By the time the bride, Aaron, comes, it was about 3.15. The sun was shining. The bridal party comes in. The flower girl, the bridesmaid, the maid of honour. And then Aaron at the door, as soon as she steps in, that, that beautiful sunshine then turned into this just beautiful rain. The timing of it, even the MC, sorry, the, the, uh, the best man who's not a Christian, goes, I'm not a Christian, but how about the weather? How's the serenity? It was Nibonnie doing. How's the serenity? So much serenity. But he goes, I'm not even a Christian, but if you don't believe in God after this, this uh, event with the weather stopping, so with, the, with the, the weather so beautiful, and then as upon entry, the perfect timing, you know, there must be a God. <laughs> wow, praise God. He recognises that. So verse, 1 Kings 18 verse, let's get there, verse 43. And he said to his servant, oh, let's go back a little bit actually, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times, everyone say seven times. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time, everyone say seventh time, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Then the story goes, as we know, the rain came, the rain poured down. There's a key thing here. Elijah said, go again. And the servant came back and said, there's nothing there. Can you imagine if you you were that servant? Then Elijah says, go again. There's nothing there, Elijah. Go again. So he makes the effort and he goes and has a look out and to see, there's nothing there, Elijah. Go again. Go again, go again, and go again. Keep persisting, keep praying, keep believing, keep calling it out. There is, a, there is power when we knock on the door and persist. God wants us to persist. God wants us to persist to the point that we believe there's nothing else, no other option for us than this very one thing. And God honours hunger. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. For righteousness, for they shall be filled. God is looking for us, friends, for our hunger, for our thirst for Him. God is looking for us to pray for things that are world-changing, that are absolutely insane to the unbeliever. That they will say, who are you to pray such things? Who are you to believe for people to get out of wheelchairs, for blind eyes to be opened, for deaf ears to be opened? 
But we serve a God who created the heavens and the earth. He can do whatever He wants. He can make the lame walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. I'm just believing that one day soon we will see these things. We've seen great and amazing miracles. We've seen cancers healed, praise God. We've seen uh, sore knees healed, shoulder injuries from sports healed. But I sense there's gonna be a greater weight of glory, a greater demonstration of His power. Because what does that really demonstrate? His love, His reality. And God's gonna pour it out. But He's looking for persistent people, people who are willing to just, just grab it, grab it with all they have and run with it and not willing to give up. So persist. My throat keeps doing that funny thing. Second Kings 13, 14. Um, I, I won't read it at a, at a time, but you know, we, we have this, this uh, picture Oh yeah, that's good, thank you. Of the prophet Elisha, the successor of the prophet Elijah. Um, at least with Elisha, I preached about it two weeks ago, that he got the double portion, the double anointing from his, uh, his, his master Elijah, his mentor, his master, the one that would teach him these things. Elisha unfortunately didn't have anyone to succeed him, except perhaps this one person, And let's read, Elisha had become sick with an illness of which he would die. Next verse. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Next verse, please. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and send some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king, of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands and said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Everyone say, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Was there any more? That's all I gave you. But the picture here is strike it, the Lord says. Strike it in prayer, strike it in hunger, in persistence. And don't pull out prematurely. Don't give up too quickly. This, this ruler had the opportunity to strike it, strike it, strike it, strike it, strike it, strike it. We sometimes think oh, we've got it all, all sorted now. There's a glimpse of it. There's a little cloud in the distance, the size of man's hand. We're sorted. We don't need to do any more. Let's not get ahead. Let's not, you know, the Bible says they needed to go ahead. They're like, oh, we're sorted. We're just going to stay here, stay put. 
Let's forget about the Word of God, His, his voice and His instruction. Imagine if Elijah just decided to stay there and get flooded. We need to be sensitive to the voice of God. And in this case with the ruler, with Joash, God is looking for us to be persistent. And when we do have it, to go more and more and more and more. I don't get insecure about taking over the role from Pastor Dan. I don't get insecure about um, you know what, what other churches are doing. I, I love these other churches that are going for revival. I love these other churches that are experiencing the glory of God in their meetings and there should be more. Friends, every church should have the glory and the presence of God. You see, what, what I get insecure about is, what if I don't actually seek the Lord? What if I don't actually spend time with Him to get to know Him? And then I look back on my life when I'm older and I think, I probably could have given Him a lot more in terms of my heart, my time, my devotion, my obedience. That, that's what I get sometimes worried about. But I draw strength on the fact that God has called every one of us individually. That God has made it so simple, friends, that if there's anyone that's willing to seek Him and His face, He's looking. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro the earth. His eyes are roaming right now in this room, seeking whose hearts are fully set on Him to make Himself known strong on their behalf. So with every eye closed and head bowed right now, God's just knocking on your heart. He's looking for a fresh heart's commitment, fresh heart's devotion and spending time with Him in carving out those hours I, I see prophetically people are actually going to go on their own personal retreats with the Lord to book two or three days during the week to pray and fast and just to be with Him, to seek His face and nothing else, to hear from Him one more time, Lord, what is Your will for my life? I see people on the daily practice, early in the morning while it's dark, getting up, praying and seeking the Lord's face, not just for the benefits, not just for their own wealth or all that stuff, which is fine. It's absolutely fine as long as those things don't have you. It's fine to have those things, just make sure those things don't have you. But the Lord is looking for those who are willing to say, I'm wanting to lay down my whole life and give you my whole heart and seek your face every day, every day. So with everyone standing up right now, every hand to heaven, let's just pray this prayer. Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that You birth a hunger in me like never before. Make my soul thirst. I come willingly, hungry and thirsty for You. I know I can't do this life on my own. And I'm sorry if I've tried. 
without you, Lord. But God, I'm coming back wholehearted, full of hunger, full of thirst. I ask, I seek and I knock for the things that you want in my life. According to your will, let it be done for your glory. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.